Hey everyone, welcome back to the Rico Studio. This is your host, SB Philosopher. This is your weekly Bang Dream podcast, giving you the best up-to-date information on upcoming news and updates to the franchise and series, as well as give you insights from prominent community members sharing their stories and experiences about the game. As always, feel free to check out our website, links in the description below on how you can support the podcast either by joining the YouTube membership program below or by subscribing to my Twitch. As always, uh, all Filler Nation members can listen to these podcasts live, but of course, anyone's welcome to join the Discord to interact with our special guests in the studio, as well as join a fun and loving community. So we hope to see you there. So it's honestly amazing how much a week could change so much about the franchise and so much about the series. There is a lot of news we need to talk about. So we need to go right into the weekly news corner. Uh, be warned, uh, it's a lot of information, mostly on the negative side. Um, but yeah, fasten your seatbelts. We're going to have a really wild ride with the weekly news corner. And of course, we have our special guest waiting in the other side of the studio as well. Um, so let's start off with the weekly news corner. All right. So... Um, Let's start off with J.P. Dory, as always. Um, so J.P. Dory, by the time you're listening to this podcast, uh, the current event, Scribble in the Blue, a full Afterglow event, has should have already passed or just finished. Now, there was actually a very serious issue with this particular event. Um, I might have mentioned this in last week's podcast, but this was supposed to be a team live event. Uh, one of the first few uh, team live events. It's either the third one or the fourth one of the entire game but uh when the when the game first came out with this event there were major issues with this event and how it was supposed to function so the game went under maintenance and it basically didn't have any events happen uh, happening for about a couple of days and then they actually suddenly changed it to a mission live event so now scribble in the blue is a full afterglow mission live event and not a uh, team live event and it ran from the 22nd all the way to the 29th that's a bit of a warning flag a red flag because perhaps bushiroad even in the jp side they are struggling to maintain uh the right coding or whatnot but either way there were some major issues with team live and they had to change the event format in order because they just couldn't fix the issues that it had present with Team Live. So big red flag. Um, it kind of shows that maybe the the coding that they had for Team Lives and possibly for Medley Lives as well is maybe not as stable, is not as good as they thought they would uh, like to have. And that's a problem because you think about all the issues we have in Ian Dory right now, which we uh, are going to go very soon. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if team lives could also cause a lot of issues on the Ian Dory front as well. If it's already giving a lot of issues in the JP Dory um, side. So it is quite unfortunate that this team live event was uh, changed and, and, and sort of basically canceled because of uh, major issues in the event type and they had to change it to a mission live. So um for those who may have been a bit confused about what's going on in JP Dory, that's actually what's happening. They actually changed an event a type uh, because of errors that they couldn't fix on time. So 
you know, not a good look. We'll see how things go in the future um, with uh, team lives and other lives. Uh, but uh, let's just hope that JP Dora could also fix their issues and, and make sure that they'll be able to, to resolve anything that they, they, they might have when it comes to errors. Um, we don't know the next event yet. Um, I talked about predictions already in the previous podcast. I'm not going to go into too much depth in there. Um, again, let's hope that maybe a full Roselli event will come soon. And also maybe uh, the Razor Suilin uh, Band Story 2 uh, will come out as, as expected on December 10th. Um, so before I talk about Endor, there's actually one other major news that I want to talk about. And it is particular to the sister franchise, or I guess we call it brother franchise, uh, Argonavis uh, and Double A side. So Double A side, um, there's news uh, about a couple days ago that shared that the Double A side game is officially going to be closing its servers on January 31st, 2022. If you guys aren't familiar with Double A side, it's basically um, a sort of, again, as I mentioned, a sister franchise of uh, Bushiroad and Bang Dream, where it focuses on male characters and building bands. And, you know, it has a very similar vibe, but although it has a bit more of a mature um themes to it because there's uh, uh, high school students, college students, even uh, working adults uh, working as, as bands. So um, at, when the first when the news first came out, I was honestly very surprised. I didn't think the game was doing that poorly, and they suddenly said that the game was completely canceled and or not canceled, but they just were going to terminate the game um on January. And I was like, whoa, that's very very strange, and I I do feel kind of bad for the fans. But what ended up happening was that the reason why they had to terminate the game was because they are finally allowing AA side and the Argonavis franchise to nurture themselves as a independent group. So if you guys might have seen, you, you the branding was always AA side from Bang Dream or Argonavis from Bang Dream. So what Bushiroad is actually doing is they're going to have an independent, right? They, they sort of grab people from their team and make it into an independent team to focus solely on AA side and that franchise. And they're going to be called From Argonavis from now on. Then this company is going to actually launch on February 1st, 2022, which is literally the day after the game terminates. So I'm still a little bit confused as to why they need to terminate the game in order to um branch off uh and, and make their own independent uh Argonavis company but i guess it might be because you want in order to sort of fully dissociate from the brand name you got to terminate the game and perhaps uh they might do a, a final fantasy 14 like esque uh revival where at first it really did not work out so they basically blew everything up and started over again. And look where Final Fantasy XIV is now. I did remember how unsuccessful it was at the start. And they literally just blew it all up. And it, it's now one of the best Final Fantasy games, at least from what I've heard, um, of all time. So, um, you know, I, I don't really play A side. But I wish um, them nothing but the best. Especially I have a lot of friends who are fans of the A side franchise. And Argonavis and all the other bands there. I think it's really deserving that they have sole focus and not just being a latch onto the Bang Dream name. Um, being able to have independence in, in, their, in the company and having the company in the sister company focus solely on the AA side uh, franchise. I think it's going to be really good for its growth. 
and not just kind of be just take the leftovers of whatever mainstream has. So um, it's good. I think that they're going independent and I wish them nothing the best. Uh, I hope to see some you know, future growth in that um, in that franchise. And uh, they also mentioned, right, the, the lives and all those other stuff are, are not going to be impacted at all. Um it's just the game is going to be impacted and now it's going to be developed by this independent company uh, starting on February 1st. So again, all the best to AA side. Uh, let's hope for positive news. And again, for the fans, let me know what you think. Um, I don't know if you guys are already aware about this, but again, AA side is going to be fully revamped uh, starting next year. So let me know in the comments below what do you think about that. Let's get to the meat of the discussion here, and probably why many of you are listening today. We have Ian Dory, and the Dory Me Hello Happy World collab is happening right now. Or should it be, or should happen? Because it's not. Okay, so there's a reason why if there's no events going on right now, you, some people might be in the game, be like, where's the event? There's no gacha, there's no events, what's going on? Well... A couple hours before maintenance, which was supposed to happen on November 26th, um, Ian Dory, uh, Ian Bushiroad, issued a statement saying that they have to postpone the maintenance for version 4.10, which is the update needed for the Dory Me Hello Happy collab, as well as other things like the Dream Fest and the Band Story 3 events. Now, apparently, there was an issue because Google, uh, according to them, Google did not approve of their update. So they're not allowing the, the game or Ian Bushiroad to update their game, possibly because it doesn't follow some policies or whatnot. So Google is actually preventing um, this update from happening. And of course, they don't want it to, let's say, only update iOS and then not update Google, then iOS goes ahead while Google falls behind. It's it's a whole disaster, right? You can't just do that. So you have to postpone everything. You can't. You just have to wait until and see. And Ian Dory does not have a backup plan on this either, right? It's not something they foresaw, um, and it was unfortunate that it happened. But like, like, could they have a backup plan? Maybe could they have planned this better? Maybe like I I imagine they couldn't have foresaw that Google would suddenly say, no, we're not going to allow you to update the game. But, oh man, it's just, it's a whole disaster. Like, I, I do, I do believe that, yes, it's unfortunate and unlucky that Google suddenly said, oh, we're not going to update your game, even though for the past, like, three years, uh, the, the franchise has not had any issues with Google and updating. But at the same time, right, I, I can't fully... Like, it's not, Iandor is not fully blameless either. Like, why did they, again, why did it take so long to issue this 4.10 update? And then they try to excite people with the collab login bonus and, and with all that, right? And then they just suddenly give us a huge bombshell saying that, oh, well, actually, you know, the update can't work. I think there's some other major issues with Iandore with their ability to plan ahead ability to you know not rush things to the last moment because it could may, may as well be an instance where they rush this update to the last minute and google is like whoa 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 this is like a bit too much and maybe they just they, they flagged it down because of the of how rushed it the the update was going to be and again i don't know the exact details of why this is um you know why google flagged it down but you know it, it's 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 rough and I think the worst part as well is that 
Um, just like we what we've seen within the past couple of um, months with Ian wrote, they have been very untransparent or lack of transparency in terms of what exactly is going on. A lot of people saw the login bonus and they thought, okay, events happening, we're good to go, and it's suddenly no events and, and nothing's happening. They only really posted one really small update on Twitter, and they didn't really go into that much detail either on Twitter. Um, and it it, it it doesn't really show that they're really communicating with the consumers, which is not which is not good. It's not it's not good at all. They didn't even make an announcement on uh, on the official Discord server. Uh, they didn't make like an important update. Well, there was a in in notification in game, but not a lot of people read that. But I think they could have done more to try and let people know that oh yeah we we messed up. There's or 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 they're gonna say that Google messed up. But at the same time, it's it's not good because a lot of people are confused. Or I've I've had many people approach me uh, asking where where is the event? What's going on? I I thought the event was finally happening. Um, there's a lot of lack of communication between uh, Ian Bushiroad and the consumer now, and that was one of their strengths back then as a company. But now it's getting to the point where they're communicating a lot less than even the average uh, consumer, and you know, I think a lot of consumers, a lot of people I've talked with, they want to see a roadmap, right? Because they want they want a sense of direction, and it's not only a sense of direction for the players, but it's also a sense of direction for. The workers at Ian Bushi Road, right? To get something done, okay, have a schedule ready and then follow that schedule. But I, I think the reason why they won't be able, they can't show a roadmap to us is because they don't have a roadmap themselves. They don't know, they don't have direction in, uh, as to where the game is going. It's 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 really sad. It's it's honestly really sad. And I think this lack of direction might eventually, you know, destroy this franchise. You know, the fact that there are not following a specific direction they have no goal they have no schedule um it's hard for consumers to follow and you know it, it shows that uh, again a lack of incompetent a lack of competent incompetency um from ian bushi wrote so it's really disappointing and i think the worst part is that we, because they're not telling us how, what's wrong with with google and they're just basically saying, you know, we'll have to wait until Google approves us before we can do the maintenance. There's no estimated timelines. It's the weekend by the time I'm recording this. So I know for the next two days, no events either, uh, because they don't start events on weekends either. It could be weeks. It could be even months before we actually get this update. Because we don't know how long Google is going to get back to us. They did say it could go up to March of 2022. We could have no events for the next three months. It's a huge blow. And when we were trying to speed up the schedule for, you know, whatever reason to speed up the schedule, now we might be falling behind. It's it's just a terrible look. It's a terrible look. I'm I, I, ever since this uh, weekly news corner started with the uh, in the podcast, I think it's been such a bad omen for Ian Bushiroad. Like it's only been going downhill ever since. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I've, I've been jinxing it or, or whatnot, but. It's 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 a bad look. It's a really bad look. And I know there's supposed to be uh, Black Friday sales with the stars, and the stars are way cheaper now, but <laughs> there's actually no gacha or no events to spend the stars on. So there's no no one's gonna buy it. And people are gonna, oh man, there's the sales are gonna drop dramatically. Oh, this is a disaster. This is a disaster. Um 
I don't. I, I have nothing much else to say about this. So again, um, follow Bushiroad, Ian Bushiroad. Follow the official Discord of Bang Dream of Huffcourt. And as always, I'll be trying to update people as well on Twitter and my Discord as well. So uh, if you want to follow those, feel free to do that. But for the time being, we have no idea when Ian Dory is going to get their act together or when Google is going to get their act together. Um, yeah, and we'll just have to wait and see until the update comes. And until then, we just have to sit and wait and possibly just stop caring about the game. So it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. Um, uh, again, no nothing much else to say. It's, it's disappointing. It's frustrating. Um, yes, you could call it unlucky, but I think it's a, uh, there's a lot of layers of, of why these issues are happening. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just, um, it's not a good look. Anyway, enough of the weekly news corner. Let's hop on to the other side of the studio. We have our special guest waiting. Uh, let's have a great conversation with them. And I look forward to seeing you there. Want to support the refill studio? Check out our website. Links in the description below. Here you can learn more about the podcast as a whole, as well as complete our feedback form to give comments about how we can improve the project, as well as suggest any future special guests that you would like to see on the studio. You can also learn more about how you could support the podcast by joining the Filler Nation, either through a Twitch subscription or joining the YouTube membership below. Thanks again to the Filler Nation members for your constant support and a reminder that all Filler Nation members can access the podcast live when they are recording in the Unga Academy Discord server. We hope to see you there. All right. Welcome back to the studio and let's refill to 99. Uh, because we are ready to begin our special guest uh, area in, in our conversation here. So, um, great pleasure and honor to have Soren uh, joining us today in the Refill Studio as our special guest, as part of our special guest feature. Um, just a brief uh, intro about Soren. Soren has been um, pretty active in the in the Bandrake community, notably um, getting first place in the Prelude Replay event um, inside the game, but also very heavily involved in many other projects, including translations, um, streaming, and art. Uh, Soren, a great pleasure having you uh, join the, the Refill Studio today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Right. And uh, huge shout outs to the people who apparently requested me. That's uh, that's really humbling and honoring. <laughs> for sure. Um, Soren, is there anything else you want to add to your intro? Uh, uh, is this where the YouTuber thing goes, where I like plug all of my content, be like, hey, yo, click these links? <laughs> Why not? Why not? You could you could plug them now, and I'll give you a chance to plug them later at the end, so people now. Have oh yeah, I'll, I'll give Phil some more extra work on the editing too. Be like, all right, <laughs> on, the, on the bottom left of the screen, you'll see my Twitch, Twitch.tv/store underscore shot. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, if you want to keep up with me, most of my stuff is on Twitter. Um, I do, like he said, translations, some streams, some art. Um couple random other things here and there but yeah it's yeah. great being here all right well again welcome soren and again all these links will be in the description of this video as well so uh feel free to check uh soren out but um let's get right into it um you mentioned well at least i mentioned right you got into bandery and you've been involved in many different parts of the uh the franchise but how did that all start how did you first get into bandery and I am I'm the boomer on the street here who's yelling <laughs> at people to get off his lawn. 
Um, yeah, so I like telling this story because it's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I originally got into Banduri because I originally played uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. Mm. Um, and I was, you know, like, I was pretty hardcore casual, if that makes sense. Like, I wasn't spending any money, but I was, like, doing the PvP stuff, being somewhat competitive. Um, but this was before all the power creep. This was early 2018. And uh, there was an Easter banner. And my favorite character, Sharina, got a bunny, bunny girl, like, you know, Easter, whatever skin. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I got to pull her. And so I spent like the equivalent of, I don't know, 20, 30 pulls or whatever, a, a fair amount. Yeah. Um, didn't get her. I was like, you know what? Screw this game. I quit. I'm finding <laughs> something else. So I ditched Fire Emblem Heroes, was scrolling through the uh, the Google Play Store and happened to stumble across this Bang Dream Girls Band Party rhythm game. Uh, I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Whatever. They look cute. And uh, that was during Searching for, yeah, Searching for Stars, which is like the fifth event of EN. Mm -hmm. So I've been around since 2018. Um, it's been a wild ride. I was like kind of casual about it for a long time, and then I watched the anime, and I just got hooked because mm -hmm. Pop and Party really, really captured my heart, and it was just kind of like a downhill ride for my wallet from there. Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> your wallet didn't know after I uh, was spared from uh, Fe, but uh, oh, yeah. you know, oh, uh, yeah. Bandari became the the new thing. Um, well, you know, that's obviously very interesting. And, and you already mentioned your favorite band, uh, by the sounds of it, is, uh, is Poppin' Party. Um, I guess maybe talk a little bit more about, you know, what, what made Poppin' Party so, uh, I guess, you know, so important for you, why, why you love them so much, and also your favorite character um, in the franchise. Oh, yeah. I'll actually answer that last one first. Okay. Um, people can't really see, but, <laughs> well, maybe they can see. But my mm. Discord... Uh, profile right now is an Arisa. Uh, Arisa is my favorite, um, largely in part because I love her voice actor, Ayasa chan um, But I mean, I have the uh, <laughs> I have a lot of problems with trying to choose favorites. I love all the boundary characters. I have like five favorite, like number one favorites. So you know, it changes on whatever you ask. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Pop Party is definitely my favorite band. Uh, I do love all the bands, but. Poppin' Party is just, like, a little bit above and beyond. And I guess, like, for me, it was a lot because, especially watching the anime, but mm. also just, like, following the girls throughout, um, there was just, like, so much to dig, dig into and so many things that I related to. Um, I've always been something of a loner. I'm a lonely boy. And Poppin' Party is all about a bunch of loner girls who are like, hey, you know what? Let's be each other's first friends. <laughs> um... So I, I felt that it was really like charming and like sweet to me. And I think that a lot of people, this is my my side as a translator coming in um, with all the like Beta Dory stuff. If you don't know what Beta Dory is, Bang Dream actually went through like a kind of renewal process in 2016. They basically redid the entire project. And uh, so there's something that we refer to as Beta Dory, which was the original concept of Bang Dream. And so... A lot of stuff like that kind of gets lost, but you can see the the kind of shadows of uh, in the framework of Bang Dream as it is today. And so like digging through Beta Dory and like coming to love those girls as well, because they are very different characters. Um, and like seeing the journey that real life Pulpipa went through um, to make this project happen, because if not for their efforts, like Bang Dream would have flopped. 
it was not doing well commercially for like two or three years and they pushed through and they made it. So what, what's just a really lot of like success stories. Yeah. What, what's really fascinating. I remember reading that one article or that one article from, I don't remember what website it was. Wait, but, oh, I know uh, what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one website where it was just like people, there people are begging stores are begging, begging people to buy, to buy Beijing merch. Oh man. This, this, We've come so far. The, the franchise has gone really far since then. It, it was, it's crazy how, how far it's gotten. Um, you know, I think a lot of like, especially those like boomer, uh, boomer fans of the, uh, of the franchise like you, um, could really, really see how, how much the franchise has grown since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, of course that means that not only you were really passionate about the characters and the bands and stuff, but I guess it's a lot more right with the franchise. And, uh, you also mentioned, uh, seiyus like Ito Ayasa, the voice actress mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, Arisa. Uh, what other parts about you know the 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 seiyus that that fascinate you you so much, or other parts of the franchise that that really interest you a lot? That's an interesting question. Um, part of it is definitely just like the novelty of. I wasn't like into into the real life parts of like Love Live, for instance. Um, at, in a similar idol like adjacent project, um, or multimedia project, I should say, and. It wasn't until Bang Dream that like multimedia franchises like as a thing kind of like caught my eye. Um, the one other example I can think of when I was younger was uh, I got really into the No Game No Life radio, No Radio No Life, mm. hosted by uh, Matsuoka Yoshitsugu and Kaino Ai, who are like the two main character voices. Um, and just like ever since then, like that radio show, like it was so much fun to me. Like I remember being like, I don't know, like. 14, 15 or something like scouring the internet, like trying to find these because they were really, really hard to find. Um, but like it was just so like heartwarming and like they had such a good dynamic and they were so they were having so much fun. And I think like that was the first time I realized that, oh, wow, voice actors are like really impressive people and really charming people. Um, and like I kind of like relived that when I started digging into Bandori. Um, because it tried so hard to bring the voice actors to you, right? It was it was such an involved multimedia project. Like the the characters are the are the seiyu, and the seiyu are the characters. Like they they tried really hard to do that, and I guess it was partly that, right? Like when I saw that there was a Bang Dream Radio, and then there was like all these other like talk shows and TV shows and the live concerts, obviously, like watching those as well. I was like, man. Can you imagine like being a voice actor and then joining a project and they're like, hey, yo, learn to play keyboard or <laughs> learn to play guitar. It's like, what? <laughs> and they did it. They actually did it. And they're actually like a really talented, really skilled band. And like at this point, damn, like they they're I, I, I don't know if they're mainstream, quote unquote, but like, you know, like they're they're a deal. They're, they are a thing. They, they're, they're they're definitely getting there i think uh you know in terms of fame where we'll hopefully you know again it's great to see the 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 voice actresses grow as well like personally again i i was pretty oh, yeah. into into the voice acting a bit i would know like some really like a grade level seiyus and see them like mm-hmm. voice in various animes but there's definitely like a very personal connection when you see the pop and party team grow uh the roselia oh. team grow um, it For really sure. is just something that I, I greatly appreciate, and I think it's something that this franchise has definitely nurtured quite 
quite well for and, sure. And I think to speak to that, right? Like most of the Roselia original Roselia. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but most of Poppin' Party at least mm-hmm. um, was like either completely new or like had only done like one or two things, right? Like I mean, Hashi had done other things before, but like Aisa, Rimi, and Sai- Saichi were all like really, really new. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like getting to see Bandori be their first step into like this kind of profession and them working so hard and making it is like, it, you know, like that's that's a real life anime story right there. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Soren, do you have any other um, seiyus you follow in, in particular that you enjoy from this franchise? From this franchise? Um, it, it, it pains my heart to say I don't follow her, but like Akashan was like one of my favorite seiyu from sure. who, who was involved with Bandori. And, you know, like it, it, it always makes me a little sad whenever you see those like whenever I think back to when Akashan um, graduated from the project and she was kind of like, don't don't refer to me as Rinko, like don't think of me as Rinko anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, if people didn't know that, that it was it was a very like bittersweet, but like. It was it was her way of trying to be like don't don't hold Nonchan to like expectations that you would hold for me like mm-hmm. she she is Rinko now not not me don't don't let me like overshadow her but it, it was sad like seeing her distance herself like that for sure for sure but you know that's kind of sometimes how life goes sometimes how the business goes but um, yeah it's um it's a it's definitely see very uh, very interesting to see how uh, the journey has grown since, right? Again, um, Yurishi's sure. and Akishan's graduation, it's been like more than three years now. It's like kind of crazy. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> it's, like it's been that long, but yeah. It, I almost remember it like it's yesterday, but yeah, that's just, um, you know, how it is. That's how it is. Um, Sorna, you mentioned earlier, again, seeing like, you know, voice actor radios, and of course, Matsuoka and Kayano are very, very well-known um, oh, yeah. seiyus. Uh, did you watch those like, First, uh, I imagine you watched those subbed or, or at least to some extent. And th- did that inspire you to like go into that pathway of of translating um, for, for the franchise? <laughs> so this is funny. Uh, English subs did not exist uh, for those. It was hard mm-hmm. enough to find them raw, let alone subbed. But mm-hmm. there were every now and again Korean subs um, for people who don't know. I'm Korean-American, mm-hmm. um, so I can speak some Korean. Uh, but Korean and Japanese are very similar languages. And I think at some point I just watched so much anime that I like subconsciously picked up Japanese, Mm -hmm. um, at least to a conversational level. And so, yeah, uh, if it was, if it wasn't raw, it was Korean subs and that's how I, I kind of enjoyed the radio show. But yeah, to, to answer your question, um, yes, I, I translate the Bang Dream radio like the original beta dory one from mm-hmm. 2015 and the reason i do entire episodes rather than just snippets because i i know full like fully am aware that people don't want to watch whole episodes for the most part like most mm-hmm. people would rather watch a five minute segment mm-hmm. but for me like who was the guy who was desperately searching for the entire like no radio no life uh series like i i know how it feels to be to finally like stumble across that that one version, <clears throat> that one full version that you could actually understand and actually like listen to it. You're like, oh, my God, finally, I did it. Like, I, I know how that feels. And so I guess like a lot of the impetus for me translating the radio show specifically is that that feeling of like 
being able to help other people experience what I experienced. It's like uh, passing down uh, some, uh, you know, what you what you enjoyed, and then passing it down to the next person, and hopefully, uh, have them uh, be able to share again, as you mentioned, share the same experience you've had um, hearing that. Um, yeah, you got to pay it forward, you know. Yeah, pay it forward. That's that's what I was trying to find that word, pay it forward. Uh, so <laughs> a, as a result, of course, then you created Hakanai Subs, right? Um, if I'm yeah. Correct. Yes, and um, and and, and to maybe again, um, we already talked briefly about how it kind of started, but maybe just kind of uh, share share like what what sort of motivated you to to get it started, and and how did those first uh, you know few projects go uh, when you when you started uh, translating um, these uh, Beta Dory radio shows? This one might be a bit of a, a longer conversation, sure, so let me sure. take a quick swig of water before I get in. <laughs> Yep, yep, no worries. <clears throat> yeah, so here's my anime backstory. Okay. Um, back when I was first first getting into Bandori, um, I didn't have many people that I could talk to about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was on Twitter, but like I was like one of those small love mail accounts. This is like Zoomer Sauron talk here. Mm-hmm. I was just like one of those... I don't want to say randos because that's like really rude, but like, you you know, like just like another one among many, um, just kind of just kind of milling about. And let me preface by saying that there's nothing wrong with that. I'm also still a rando. I made a whole new account just so I could be a rando. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, I I didn't really have many friends like I wasn't joining Discord servers or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that there was I didn't know PubCord existed, for instance. Like that's how mm-hmm. little I knew about the Discord side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I had one IRL who who happened to see me playing the game and was like, oh, you're playing some idol shit, you fucking loser. And I was like, <laughs> bro, come on. And I showed her like, I showed her like the loading screen because I was updating something. And then mm-hmm. she saw Kaoru and she was like, oh my God, you didn't tell me there was a, and she, she's a lesbian. So she used the, you know, the D word that I will not use, but <laughs> you didn't tell me they were mm, in this game. I was like, well, you are making fun of me playing some idol bullshit. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and so she got hooked um and there was like a good couple of months where we were just like you know talking back and forth reading the event stories talking about them talking about the characters playing together all that sort of thing and uh this was around the time where this was in august when i first like got her hooked august of 2018 and so this was about the time where i started getting really into the seiyu content Mm -hmm. and I really wanted to share that with her, but there wasn't much English content out. There was some, um, and I'll talk about that later probably, but for the most part, most of the stuff that I wanted to share was not translated. And I understood most, like I understood it, um, but it would be really annoying to watch it together and pause every two seconds and be like, oh, they're saying this and this. So instead of doing that, I decided, hey, I'll just sub it and then we can just watch it together. Um, and so the reason I chose the name Hakanai Subs is related to the fact that she was so into Kaoru. Um, I was originally actually Take My Hand Subs, uh, TMH, and, uh, that was because we love spamming that Take My Hand stamp. (laughs) It's a very good stamp. The Kaoru extending her hand out. Oh, yeah. Um, but 
it was just kind of like a mouthful and not very catchy. And then like at some point we kind of just like, oh, you know, the H and take my hand could be Huck and I. And then at some point I just like boiled it down. Let's just be Huck and I selves, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I started with one of the uh, the Blu-ray specials from Poppin' Party's Fifth Live. And that video is still out somewhere on Vimeo. Um, don't look it up. It's not very well done. I've definitely, <laughs> definitely done much better work since then. But somebody, it wasn't until actually later, uh, after doing that first big project, I took on a, what was at the time maybe the biggest project a Bang Dream translator had done. And I didn't know like any of the other Bang Dream translators. I was just like this random fan um, doing things on my own for one friend, right? Mm-hmm. I uh, I translated the the Roselia radio show at Garu Party like one hour segment in its entirety because I really wanted to watch it with my friend. I was like, this one's really fun. You have to watch it with me. Um, and so I was like, you know, like I had already done all the work, so I was like, you know, I guess I'll just like tweet it out. Mm-hmm. And Forever Senpai, um, An subs for people who know, oh, yeah. uh, they happened to find it and they were like, oh my god somebody translated an hour-long radio show segment what the heck and so i kind of got got roped in not roped in i actually like asked them like hey uh is there like a translator group can i like join um and they were kind of like my mentor figure in that sense of just like helping me initiate myself in alongside the other translators and like get to know um the other folks in the in the translating team and also just like acting as like a, a person to bounce ideas off of, bounce translations off of, ask for help with stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of like my my foray into into being Hakanai subs, as it were. Wow, wow. What a what a very interesting uh story, you know, just getting just so happened to once happen to play the game, have a friend just look over, be like, what are you doing with this? And then it just all spirals down and, and it's uh, everything's a coincidence, <laughs> you know? It's all the small coincidences. It all it all works out. But the again, um that's sort of how it how it also answers the question of how how it became Hakanai subs and not just any other, you know, random name. But um, you know, again, the uh, the work you've done, I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, have really uh, appreciated your your work, uh, your your friend included, who was probably kind of the main reason. But uh, you know, again, it wasn't only your friend; <laughs> it was many other people <laughs> as well who uh, ended up watching it. Yeah. Um. So you might have already answered this question, but maybe share us uh, what what probably may have been your most uh, difficult uh, translating project again. It may have you may have already answered this, but um, maybe oh, share a bit more about a project that that was just really challenging for whatever reason, and and share a bit more about um, that. That's an interesting question. I'll have to think about that one for a second. You've done a lot. You've done a lot of projects, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like there's a difference between being difficult and being busy work, right? Mm. Like I do a lot of very long projects, but those mm. aren't necessarily difficult. They're just kind of obnoxious. <laughs> obnoxious okay. isn't really the word I'm looking for, but, you know, grindy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of the times that I felt really challenged was the first time, actually, that I, I tried translating the entire radio episode. Mm. Um, and the part that's hard is that you learn a lot of like proper Japanese when you watch anime because people talk very clearly 
they don't tend to use like slang or if they do, it's like a very character centric trait. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very standard, proper Japanese for the most part. Um, and so listening to people talk in a way that's extremely casual without any visual cues, because again, it's a radio show, it's all audio. Um, sometimes it was hard to tell who was talking. Sometimes they talked over each other and I couldn't parse the audio apart from each other. Um, and there was just like a whole bunch of like words and phrases and ideas that I had never heard. And a lot of like cultural pieces too, of like not getting jokes. And so having to like listen through it multiple times and looking up what they're talking about and being like, I still don't get why this is funny, but I guess mm. this is what they're talking about. Um, it's yeah, I think that was the most challenging part because it's not about translating a language is hard. But it's not, I almost said it's not, it's hard, but it's not difficult. <laughs> um, Fair. It's, it's more straightforward than, than you might think in a lot of ways. I, it's an art form, right? Like there's definitely ways to do it well versus doing it, you know, in, in a way that works. But I think, yeah, that was, that was very difficult in like the part of translating that isn't just the mechanical skill, the technical skill of knowing Japanese and knowing English. It was the part of like understanding the culture, understanding the nuances, um, getting the jokes and like being able to make that at least like, even if not funny in English, at least like makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would say that was, it, it continues to be the hardest project for me is the radio shows. Mm, yeah, but I could definitely see that because again, as you mentioned, um, the language they could use is more casual. They could be talking over each other. Um, and in general, there, there could be some like small nuances in, in terms of how they, um, how they, how they say it and their like body language. And that could really affect how, how, what, like, what the tone of what exactly they're talking about. So I, I could definitely see how mm -hmm. that could be, um, that could be quite challenging. So. Um, but again, uh, and, I, and I think for, for a lot of people, um, a length is, all, is of course going to be an issue. But again, for you, Soren, it doesn't seem like that's necessarily the biggest, uh, biggest challenge for you. As long as you, uh, you know, have the time, and you have the motivation to do it, you're, you're going to grind uh, you know, hours long of, of radio just to you know, get that content out and be able to share that with people. I think it goes to show that's how I got a T1. It's just like, hey, yo, I don't mind crashing for hours on end, right? It's like, all right, well, let's we'll, do it. We'll definitely talk about that T1 very, very soon. Um, <laughs> before we do that, um, just to kind of close off this this section here, um, is there any other future translations that you, uh, like projects or like really big projects that you want to do? Or are you going to be mostly focused on uh, smaller projects? Like for instance, uh, being like, you know, hours in and you immediately uh, sub like uh, the, the the game size of, of Yuki Limit, the new pop and party song, the moment like it came out. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, is that going to be like more your focus or you're still going to have some some big projects uh, ahead? Um, I think just like with my schedule, how it is these days, I, I'm pretty busy with both school and work. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I that's probably why I've been focusing more on the smaller, easy projects lately. But mm -hmm. Uh, for instance, I have been working on the sixth episode of Bang Dream Radio. It's like 70% done. So maybe we'll see that by the end of the year. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. But I think like once my schedule opens up, one of the things I really wanted to do was go through all the uh, 
there Pulpipa had their own uh ongoing i think it might have might have ended mm-hmm. um but they had like a youtube series going on of just like we're just Pulpipa. we're just doing whatever the heck we want mm-hmm. uh it's called Pulpibun, the the Pulpipa broadcast or Pulpipa program mm-hmm. um i would love to go through and translate all of those at some point all right. Well, well, we'll look forward to that when that time comes. Hopefully, again, uh, depending on your schedule, and of course, we already mentioned where you, we could find you. So, again, for our viewers out there, uh, definitely look forward to those projects. Uh, uh, be sure to smash comes. that like button, ring that <laughs> bell, <laughs> subscribe to the channel below so that Phil can bring you some more hot content. <laughs> well, you know, that's that also kind of leads a little bit into the fact that, you know, you're not only a, a translator, you do other forms of art and other art forms include uh, content creation on Twitch, um, a little bit of uh, drawing yourself, uh, maybe just briefly uh, share a bit of what you do uh, there as well. Oh yeah, so on Twitch um, and on YouTube recently, I I stream like kind of just whatever, uh, mm-hmm. a very laid back small time streamer. Like you know, it's just the just the casual vibes. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not trying to do anything fancy. But mm-hmm. I draw a lot. Um, I play like a variety of fighting games, um, Genshin every now and again, Bang Dream whenever I'm tearing. Um, and recently, we've been watching event stories from Bang Dream every week. I know Phil has raided me a couple times while we're doing that. <laughs> Huge shout outs. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess just like if you ever want to get to know me as a person or if you have questions, like Twitch is a very good place to find me because that's where I'm the most casual. Um, sure. And I'm always open to chat. I'm a very open person. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I, the conversation is kind of going all over the place. But what's your uh, what fighting games you're playing right now? Oh, um, <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, I, I've played some Melty. I've okay. played some Strive. But, like, the one that I play the most is definitely Fighters, Dragon Ball Fighters. Ah, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, 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 I mean, if you've seen from some of my uh, previous videos I, or some of my previous watch... podcasts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did play I watched a short game. VOD of you playing uh, Jacko for some Strive tournament. Oh, uh, I don't, I don't, kind of... don't. How about, how about uh, you <laughs> remove that off my memory, after memory? That was, uh, hmm, You won one. I want <laughs> a, I want a, I want a, uh, a game. I didn't win any sets, but, you know, I, fighting games were, were sort of my big passion for, uh, for quite a bit of time. It has kind of dropped off since but um, okay. still still uh you know if i if i want to have a bit of fun i'll definitely try and you know pick up try to hopefully pick up another fighting game in the future hey I think, man yeah if you, yeah. you want to play a crappy jack o'mirror match we, we, oh, can, okay. we can have fun with that well we'll see we'll see when that time comes i'll uh maybe try and improve <laughs> my game first but yeah okay well, you know, again, uh, Soren, uh, as, as we already mentioned, if you want to, uh, if anyone of the viewers want to learn a little bit more about him personally, there's the Twitch, but you can also see, check out his art as well. And um, yeah, yeah, just it's another fun time. And, and as content creators, it's always good to uh, support each other and uh, just give shout outs to each other. And, you know, content creation, I think, is, I think for both you and me is like a very like chill thing, right? We're not, we're just trying to have yeah. fun and just make sure that everyone's happy. I think maybe this is my bias, but I think that's a great way to do content creation because like it's just, you know, I think that it makes it makes the world a better place when everybody's just like, you know, making things out of out of what makes them happy. For sure. For sure. Just a reminder that all special guests featured in the refill studio can be found in the Unga Academy Discord server. Links in the description below. 
Join our great community who is very passionate about Bang Dream, tiering, and many other interests. And we have weekly community events as well as contests for people to complete through challenges. Of course, all Filler Nation members can access the podcast live when they're recording in this Discord server as well. So we hope to see you there. Let's switch topics here. Um, of course, you getting into the game and eventually, um, you know, feeling like, you know, you're sort of like addicted to the game. You really love playing the game. What, Soren, what, what first convinced you to say, hey, if I love this game so much and I played this game so much, why not start going for titles? And, and you know, our podcast oh, here God. is very, very, very tiering centric based on the name, based on the language we use. It's very tiering centric. So what, what sort of first got you into tiering? What sort of gave you that, that the, the gorilla thoughts that, you know, you want to you want to tier for an event? What made me become monkey? Yeah. Um <laughs> So I actually went through a very slow process. I went through the actual like meltdown of like I started without even getting a title and searching for stars. And then I got a T-10,000, the first T-10,000s, actually, mm. because for the first couple of events, you could only get T-100 titles. Mm. Um, but the first T-10,000 in As Evening Clears, the following event. And from there, like you can see that my titles like gradually got high well technically the number is lower but higher on the tier right so like i went from t10,000 to t5,000 and then 2500 and then 1000 and i just kind of consistently got 1000s for a long part of the of the of the game ser- of the game's lifespan mm-hmm. and um it was when christmas for puppypa came around the first puppypa christmas event um that i was like you know i've gotten all these t1000s what if i tried for a t100 you know Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I didn't know anything about tiering meta or whatever. Uh, so I was just playing the event song over and over and over again in the hopes that, like, you know, it's it feels like I didn't know that some songs scored better than others. Like, I was just like, yeah, I'll just play the song that saves me menuing time, which wasn't even true. I don't think I think that song is like quite long. <laughs> I think it was Christmas but, Uta, know. right? Yep. Okay, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I managed to get the T100, and I was like, okay, you know what, that's kind of cool, maybe I'll T100 every Pulpipa event from now on. I don't think I did that, because I think Circle oh, I came around, and I did a T100 it, but anyway, uh, that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> Part of it was because I, like, I really wanted that Saya and that Arisa card, mm. um, and I got the Arisa, I didn't get the Saya, oh. that's a whole other story, but, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just like, you know what? Yeah, I'll do it for the girls. And so it wasn't until May of 2019 that Double Rainbow came around. And people in the old days of the tiering community would know me as that guy who T10 Double Rainbow. Um, now people don't know who I am in the tiering community, which is <laughs> <laughs> all you Zoomers. Um, we've been lost to the sands of time. No, um, because I was this weirdo who like on Twitter was like, hey, I really love Pulpipa, and this is, like, their biggest event. Because at the time, we didn't know that, like, oh, yeah, we'll get BS3s in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, we just were like, oh, there's a BS2. Like, this is the big thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to to do this T10 as a thank you to the girls. Like, if I don't make it, that's, you know, that's that's just my own limits. Like, I didn't know how hard... T- I had no I had no frame of reference for what a T10 was like. I'd only done a T100. Mm-hmm. Um and so I just kind of like jumped into it without really 
without really knowing what I was getting into, and if you don't know the history of Bandori, Double Rainbow ended up being the most competitive T10 in the history of Ian, Ian uh, Garupa, um, and it held that title for a long time. Um, it had the highest T10 cutoff uh, for probably another year or two afterward. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it wasn't until Noble Rose that it got beat or something like that. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah, uh, for someone who didn't know what they were doing, who didn't know what meta songs were, I had happened to figure out that Legend was pretty good. I didn't know that it was like, you know, the, the, the scrub meta choice is what yeah. some people would call it. <laughs> um, I wasn't playing like A to Z or anything. But I had a couple friends who I had met through, you know, just like being on on Twitter and stuff like that. I had a couple mm. friends who were willing to help out and just like kind of pitch in. We played a couple hours. I played. I remember. <clears throat> excuse me. I remember playing for like five hours the first day. And I was like, oh, yeah, I bet I'm in T10 now. <clears throat> and I was like number 18 or something <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really bad i was like oh well that's no good um i think i had work in the morning too or something oh, no. anyway it, it was a whole mess um, but long story short i ended up um just kind of like keeping with it like not giving up on that mm. and I ended up tweeting out just like, hey, if anybody wants to room with me, because I didn't know what pub court was. I didn't yeah. know that there was a whole system for this. Um, I was just tweeting out like, hey, if you want to room and play some games, like, come on. And obviously I had a lot of poopy pub mutuals who were also like trying to T100 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, sure. And one person who ended up helping me actually DM me later because I noticed that our rooms were just filling up. And I was like, mm -hmm. wait, what's going on? <laughs> Man, this person has a lot of friends who play Bandori. Um, they ended up DMing me and were like, hey, I, I posted your code. I hope you don't mind. I was like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. On like day three of the of the event, and it's an eight day event. So, yeah. like, you know, we're already almost halfway through. Um, I <laughs> I was finally introduced to PubCord and that definitely changed everything. Um. I actually almost gave up on on my T10 because I remember that I was at 5 million and like <clears throat> the T10 cutoff was 10 million. Oh. So I was not even close. And all like pretty much all 10 spots. There were two or three people who weren't uh in the tiering group, but like all of them were wearing the name AP and I was like, "Damn you AP. <laughs> I don't know who you people are, but screw you." Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, uh, ended up joining PubCord. That's how I met Homie, who was also in PubCord, mm -hmm. um, and how I met a lot of people who were just willing to help me out. <clears throat> a lot of people who who saw that I was trying to do this thing, trying to make it to into T10, and were like, there's no way this guy's going to make it. But if we help, then maybe he'll make it. <laughs> and yeah, it was just like, that those people um if not for them there's no way i would have made it but there were a lot of people who like literally flameless played like played without any boosts um just to keep playing with me so that i would have a room that was pretty efficient wow wow you know and, like i didn't know them but they just they just wanted to help 
And that's the that's the power of pub court. And funny enough, again, at that time there it wasn't really pub court. It was a a fan made server. It wasn't the official server at the time yet. Um uh, so right. so it was just like a you know fan server. Every, a lot of people coming in who were passionate about the series and you know they were all willing to help in and, and step in and, and support you. Um and then of course later became the actual official pub court from the series but you know back then it was a very um i i i wasn't really in the in the server too much but it definitely had a familial feel to it right because again Mm -hmm. it was like felt like a really niche uh, community liking bang dream girls band party like whatever that game is um but but yeah (laughs) isn't um, that that love live ripoff yeah (laughs) but you know sort of it's really interesting because i was just gonna ask because you when you mentioned earlier it's like you know you weren't familiar with discord at all you really weren't familiar with tiering at all and and, you know how you're able to sort of stumble upon all this and you know there's a lot of happenings that just so happen to all come together all at the right time and the right moment uh, that really, uh, I guess, you, you know, they're definitely very fortunate to be able to to get the support that they needed. Um, and why don't you finish that story off? What what happened in the end and, and how were you able to get that that title? Oh, man, uh, that story is Double Rainbow is a very interesting case study for tiering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot going on. Like, obviously, it set the bar for how high a T10 could go. Mm-hmm. Um, you could talk about uh there was some drama, not drama per se, but like, you know, homie ended up, uh, how do I phrase this? Uh, he did not end up getting the T10. Um, and it was a very important event for him and for probably at least a couple of us. Uh, I would consider it a very important event for me. Um, but yeah, there was some drama regarding that. Um, also like the fact that Niboshi, (laughs) now that's an old name. Uh, yeah. Niboshi ended up like starting on day four or five and still getting a T10 spot. An absolute monster. Um, yeah, I guess just like um, the people who ended up helping me out, um, I just like felt so grateful to all of them. And like I'd, I'd grown really attached to them, right? Because like, we were just like mm-hmm. chatting in, in, des- in the pub chord chats. Um, People would DM me and be like, hey, yo, are you are you going to be playing at this time? Like, should I should I come help? I'd be like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so a lot of those people ended up becoming um, my like they ended up. I I ended up making a server for all of us, um, the people who helped me and the people who I just really had grown attached to. And that's what SSR is. Hmm. Um, People might know me as the admiral of SSR, the leader of SSR. Um, probably not you Zoomers. Uh, yeah, I'm talking to you, Jim. Oh, um, Jim. Oh, shout out to Jim, <laughs> wherever you are. <laughs> Somebody just looked up. Um, yeah, I guess, like, I think that there are... It, it can be hard to find where you belong in, like, something as ambiguous and kind of, like, how should I say? It's... It's it's hard to find a place in a fandom, right? Like it's mm-hmm. hard to find where you belong, who you belong with, and stuff like that. Where there's so much anonymity, and it's kind of hard when there isn't a a structured way to meet people. Mm-hmm. But this was my way of like, you know, keeping the people that I'd happened to meet, and I'm very grateful to all of them, still grateful to them, and grateful for what I have in SSR. But yeah, I ended up getting that T10. Uh, I was top eight. And then ever since then, I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to I'm going to try and keep helping the people in SSR, the people who are mm. in PubCord, who are trying to fight against tiering servers, because I was the one trying to fight against tiering servers um, and <laughs> not not doing a great job of it until everybody pitched in. Um, I knew what that felt like. And mm -hmm. for those who didn't want to join a tiering server or didn't know that that was a thing, like I didn't know it was a thing. I wanted to be able to support those kind of people. Yeah. And so that's how SSR kind of got a bad rep as like the dark horse of the tiering community, the anti-tiering tiering community. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know. you know, again, regardless of what happened, right? At the end of the day, um, you had a bunch of people all coming together working together to achieve the goals and that's sort of tearing in a nutshell with with Vandry, especially with these events how they're structured it's always better to work as a team than working by yourself and you're able to find that right you're able to find the resources and be able to successfully do so and of course um that sort of created the uh, the SSR uh, Discord as well, which I, I was going to ask as well, but like that's sort of how it was created. It was after this event, and you were able to kind of bring people together as well, and also help each other um, in your goals. <laughs> yeah, if anybody ever asks you why SSR is called SSR, uh, the the true answer is we call it Starry Skies Returns. Mm -hmm. But the <laughs> the lore answer for those of you who are you know Sauron veterans. Mm. Um, the, the original name came about because one of those members who uh, who was helping out was like, you know what? We should just make like a group so that we could all like pitch in whatever Sauron needs it. We could be like the, the Sauron support roomies. You know? ah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's kind of where that acronym came in. And we filled it. We filled it out with a more official name later. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. Well, you know, of course, you making SSR and that community that you had built after, you know, working together in, in your T10 uh, double rainbow uh, did eventually get pretty active um, a few a couple <laughs> events later. And that event is Prelude Replay and you getting T1 in that um, event. Soren, so obviously, you know, when I look at Prelude Replay, I see Brinko and I'm like, that's not Arisa. What's going on here? So, so first of all, how did you first decide that I that you wanted to tier um, Prelude Replay, get T1 in that event? And like, why did you want to choose this particular event? And also, what did you do to prepare for this event? Cool. Okay. This is a loaded question. Um, let me give some context first. Mm -hmm. um, so, my first T10 was Double Rainbow. Mm -hmm. And for... Let's see. About half a year after that, I did not tier anything above a T100. I don't remember if there was even a Pulpy Pub. There, there had to be a Ben, at least one. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, I only tiered the Pulpy Pub events because whatever. Um, but people in SSR, uh, having seen that I got a T10, um, every every now and again, somebody would pop up who wanted to do a T10. And so we, as the group that had helped me in the first place, were all very willing to help these other people tier. Um and so that's how SSR kind of like started getting into its role of like the anti-tiering server tiering server. Um, it's just because we just, I guess it's kind of my fault. <laughs> <laughs> people, people saw that it was possible and were like, you know what? Maybe I want to do that too. And so a lot of people did. And it wasn't until 
quite a bit later that one of my one of my closer friends from SSR mm-hmm. um, decided he wanted to to T10 uh, Memories of Christmas, the Afterglow Christmas event. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, um, I'll T10 it with you. We can just have a f- we can just have fun because I was also going to to Kara that year. Um, recall that this is 2019. So oh, okay. pre-COVID, now, now, all now that. Now the timelines make sense. Yeah, okay, okay. Right, right. So this was Kara 2019. Uh, I actually ended up flying over to where to where he was because we were going to take a road trip up to California ah. um, for Kara. And so I was just there. And so we were going to be hanging out anyway. So I was like, you know what? I'll T10 I'll with you. It'll just be a fun time. And so that kind of like got me thinking like, well, if I'm going to T10 for Afterglow... And I already T10 for, for Pulpipa. I might as well T10 for every band, right? Because I love all the bands mm-hmm. and I, 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 I'm bad at choosing favorites. Um, and another part of me like knew that the time I was spending with all these people, um, the, the memories I was making through tiering, like I knew that wasn't going to be a permanent thing. Like tiering is not a very sustainable hobby. If people do tier like <laughs> consistently days on end, like you are, you are something else. Like I, I can't understand it. Yeah. You are, you are truly built different. <laughs> but for me, I knew it wasn't going to be a very sustainable hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew that these, these times would come to an end. So I might as well make memories of it. And so, <laughs> memories of Christmas. Um, mm. So I decided to T10 at least once for every band. Um, and at the time, there were only five. So, you know, yeah. now I have to T10 another two times at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, look forward to that. Um, so I ended up T10ing um, My Ideal as well, which was a mm. fun time in Pupcord. Mm. Um, just kind of got to hang out with uh, Sydney, if people know him, with Homie. Um, who was on this show earlier, I believe, yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah. Good guy. I love that guy. <laughs> um, and then I ended up accidentally, accidentally, I say accidentally, getting a T3 for Fleeting Night's Dream. Um, this was a kind of funny event where this might sound a little toxic, but hear me out. Um, one of my members in SSR wanted to T10 that event, but had been told that the roster was full. And so they couldn't get a spot. So I was like, you know, f- that sh- if you want a T10, let's get you a T10. I'll T10 yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up roping in another person from SSR who's like, yeah, you know what? Sure. <laughs> let's have fun. <laughs> I'm all for for being a bit of a, a pain in the side of other people. Um, so we ended up just sprinting that event. Um, we actually outpaced the T1 runner from the tiering server, mm-hmm. um, which <laughs> was kind of funny. Um, I think they tweeted out something that was like, you know what? This is the first time in a long time that somebody's like actually giving me a run for my money. Good job. SSR. <laughs> I was like, you're pretty cool. <laughs> I, I can't remember who it was, which is, is really like unfortunate. They did end up taking the T1, I believe. Uh, okay. uh, just cause like we all didn't care. Yeah, that's <laughs> None of us were aiming for T1. Yeah. Um, I think they would have taken it anyway, but yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I because of that long sprint, a lot of people ended up dropping from the event because they're like, oh, hell nah. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up taking T3 because nobody contested it for me. I didn't actually end up playing much after the first first sprint because mm. I didn't have to. Wow. Um, yeah, so I accidentally got a podium. Anyway, uh, so Prelude Replay was the next one on my list of like T10s to get. Mm. And I didn't 
intend on getting a T1 for that event. I actually intended on T1ing message for you. Um, it was going to be this whole fight against IPN, who was also aiming for a T1. Yeah. That's another name that Zoomers might not know. <laughs> oh, I, I, IPN's still pretty pretty relevant here. Maybe, maybe for oh, those who, uh, who are, are not familiar, maybe maybe we'll grab him here. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? yeah. <laughs> future, future episodes. Um, but yeah, we were, we were going to show down a message for you, but things kind of just ended up falling apart on my end. Um, mm. I kind of lost my reason to tear and that's like a more personal, not really important story, but I still wanted to like prove to, to myself and like, as the leader of SSR, I wanted to prove that we could play at the competitive level. Like we weren't just some weird weirdos and the weird fringes of the tier community like we could take a t1 if we wanted to mm -hmm. um and that was not because i was like adamant against tiering servers per se but more because there was kind of this this notion within tiering servers that i was seeing that like you people would throw around words like randos or like snipers or whatever like as if anybody who isn't in a tiering server doesn't have a right to be in the t10 like, it was just this weird, like, elitist mentality I was seeing among some people. I'm not saying, like, this is a blanket mm -hmm. statement. Everybody's like that. But that kind of, like, idea really pissed me off. And as the guy who had clawed his way to T10 and Double Rainbow with the help of, like, so many people who just wanted to to see someone succeed um, right next to them. Like, I wanted to show that you don't you don't have to play by the, you know, by the rules, quote unquote. Right. Like you don't you don't have to subscribe to the tiering server model. Um, I'm just very fortunate that I have people in my life who are willing to T10 alongside me with no prompting. And we're just like, hey, yo, we're going to get you this T1. Um, I'm not saying that anybody can do it because I'm, I'm just very lucky. Mm -hmm. But I think that it was important to me to show that it's it's okay to be like an outsider. It's okay to be like the weirdo who's just like clawing their way to the top. Um, I still wanted to get a T1 um, for SSR, not for me, but for SSR. And I definitely attribute that S that T1 to SSR. Um, and in particular to, to Emmy, Sydney and Sofco SG um, for, for deciding to tier with me. Um, Despite the fact that I don't think any of them are Roselia fans. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it was a huge shout outs to Miyuki. They were, she was an incredible, incredible competition. Um, it was kind of a messy situation. And if people are curious about how Prelude replay went down, there are plenty of people who will tell you about it. Um, at least from my side of the story, um, I just... I just wanted to get the T1 for SSR, and what ev what ended up happening is she ended up um, getting feature blocked for like 24 hours on day five or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so she was she was forced to drop. Um, and you know, realistically speaking, I had been ahead of her like the entire event, so I don't think the result would have changed. But it was a really unfortunate. Like you never know, right? Mm -hmm. You never know. Um, it was a really unfortunate circumstance, and. It, it kind of like feels weird being the Pupipa stand who took a Roselia T1. Like, oh, don't other people, wouldn't somebody else like have wanted this more, you know, like that kind of feeling. But for me, Prelude Replay was very important in a lot of ways. Like, mm -hmm. for one, it was, um, 
it was the sequel story to my favorite event story in in Garupa, which is blossoming in Largo. Mm-hmm. Um, if people haven't read that story, it's all about like Sayo trying to help Rinko try and find a club that she wants to join. Um, and it's just like this very wholesome like Rinko learning to like step past her social anxiety and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. try to step outside her comfort zone. And she ends she ends up making the decision. I'm going to challenge like the traumatic fear that I had when I messed up during a piano competition. I'm going to join another piano com- competition. Mm-hmm. And that's what Prelude Replay is. It's her taking on that challenge. And for me, that was like a very powerful story of just mm-hmm. like, I've always kind of like, like you, you see that I do a lot of different things, right? Like I, I teared, I translate, I, I draw, I stream, I uh, do all these sorts of things. And that's partly because like, I'm just not sure what to do. Like I've I've never been sure like what what is right for me. And I just enjoy a lot of different things and I guess like it was I kind of related to Rinko in the sense of like I I'm just not sure. I just don't really know mm-hmm. what to do. I feel kind of lost and so seeing her like be able to face her past like that was really really heartening to me it was also the last event that akashan voiced rinko in the game Mm. um so that was important and rinko is one of my top three favorite characters alongside arisa and kasumi so it's not that i don't like rinko or anything it wasn't just like oh i'm going to tear resilient it was like no i love rinko i want i want rinko i want a rinko t1 but yeah yeah, there was just like a lot of stuff that kind of like ended up again like we talk about coincidences over and over again but it was just like a lot of coincidences lining up that were like all right i guess this will be my 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 swan song my my prelude replay i'm gonna yeah for sure for sure you know again sorry you mentioned you know, i i wouldn't say like there's there's no such thing as an undeserved t1 you you definitely with all the hard work especially with the competition that you faced definitely well deserved um we we definitely heard some sides from you know the other side of, with the tiering server of how you know they were they were trying to to keep up and they just couldn't and of course the feature block really kind of nailed it in the in the coffin um but right. for, for you um and in your perspective of you know getting that t1 in ssr and uh, with the help of ssr um any notable parts about that journey of you getting t1 that you're you were thinking oh like i'm not sure if this was like if this was doable or were there parts where you're like, wow, this is, this is going to be really challenging. Um, and what, and what ended up happening, um, once you saw that, uh, uh, that, uh, 24 hour ban. Yeah. Here's the, uh, here's the anime love story, uh, anime love story. <laughs> Sorry. Somebody in chat said lovely. And I was like, Oh, love story. No, no, no. Here's the anime backstory. Um, I think day two or three, mm-hmm. probably two, um, I, uh, I ended up kind of like, it was the exhaustion and like stress of like seeing the numbers kind of go back and forth. Yeah. Um, there was a point of weakness and this was the only one during the entire event. And I think the only one in my entire tiering community, actually <laughs> tiering, tiering, uh, uh, journey, yeah. I don't know, history. There we go. Uh, where I was like, wow, I, I'm not sure. I feel really anxious about this. Uh, like, I don't know if this is going to happen anymore. And I kind of voiced that because I was in a VC with LDSSR mm-hmm. people. I voiced that out loud. I was like, I I feel really, I don't know if this is going to happen. And <laughs> that was when uh, Emmy 
uh, decided like, all right, I'm teetotting this. <laughs> like, all right, we're we're gonna make sure you get this, bud. Um, it was like just this kind of like really soft, heartwarming moment of just like someone who had no obligation to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. No obligation to help me, deciding I'm going to spend several hundred dollars and several dozen hours, uh, because this guy feels a little bit anxious right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like that's that's the kind of people that are in SSR. That's the kind of people that are are all over the community, and you just have to like find them, right? For sure, yeah. And definitely, yeah. I think like also, um, because SSR is pretty small. Like we were running with a crew of like less than ten people, probably versus a tiering server of like over a hundred. Uh, we were in PubCourt a lot, mm-hmm. and so we happened to meet a lot of really cool people from there as well. Um, some people view some of you might know Zippy's app, yeah. Uh, she ended up T100ing that and we spent a lot of time together and that's how she ended up joining SSR actually. Um, we ended up seeing her again in message for you and I was like, Zappy helped me a lot during Prelude. I'm gonna help Zappy. And so we uh, abducted her into our into our, uh, <laughs> tier- <laughs> our non-tiering server tiering server and helped her T10 message for you. Um, yeah, I guess just like, if if my story if if there's anything to be said about all of what I've done through tiering like what I've learned um it's that one it's okay to do things that you look back on and are like wow that was a huge waste of time <laughs> because I do sometimes feel like mm-hmm. a lot of tiering is just like grinding for grinding's sake right like yeah. what are you really accomplishing yeah um unless you have meaning to apply to it and that was for me being able to look back on all those T10s and being like, those moments matter to me. Like, mm-hmm. I can look back and say that my double rainbow T10, my message, my my memories of Christmas T10, like all those were very important moments in my life. And I can point to things that made me want to T10. And that helps me feel like, okay, I'm going to be able to keep these memories with me for like the rest of time. Like, I'm always going to be able to look back and be like, this was a very important moment in my life. Even if like now in my old decrepit age, I wouldn't be able to T10 <laughs> as, as, uh, as, as, as vigorously perhaps, uh, though I guess maybe Viva La Life proved that that's not true. <laughs> and whatever. That's not the point. The point is, um, I wouldn't be as willing to do it anymore, I guess is my point. That's fair. But but again, I think you really uh, nailed it right there, Soren, when it comes to like uh, the motivations to, 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 to tiering. Um, a lot of people, maybe from the outside, they, they don't really see sort of, I guess, the, the value or maybe they kind of question why people tier and, and do this and spend all this time. But you basically nailed it, right? It's the experience, it's the memories and just being able to go look back and be like wow that was a you know it, it may have been a, a very big time uh time spent a lot of time spent on it but it was well worth it to be able to just um, hang out with people you you really enjoy hanging out with and and yeah it's just overall um it, it's definitely an experience that um you don't really get to know until you you know it yourself and whether or not it's For through sure. uh, a tiering server or whether or not it's through pub court or the so-called anti-tiering tiering server i think you know it's <laughs> everyone has their own experience and ways of, of being able to tier and be able to share that that memory of 
of getting uh, to represent um, something that they really enjoy. In your case, of course, um, Rinko's story, Akashan, all that, and it all kind of worked out and all came together. So, um, and also, you know, just to say, you know, tiering, tiering in general, and competition and tiering is is, is healthy for the game too, right? A friendly competition, oh, for sure. yeah, for um, sure. It's, it's healthy. <laughs> Please to, spend money on God yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buy those Black Friday stars. Uh, well, the Black Black Friday stars uh, right now, uh, they don't really. You can't do anything with them. Right <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we'll get better soon. All right, we'll get our bet soon, guys. Don't worry. Oh, what a date our episode, Phil. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay well <laughs> well maybe Dark before times. before we uh before we uh you know continue to dampen that mood in there uh, uh, but uh <laughs> you know other than what's going on right now any other future events that you would like to do uh in the future for tiering i know you mentioned that you want to get a t10 for for every band at least at some point is that still something you're doing or is there any other thing that you're you're planning on doing as well um yeah, I mean, I T100 every Pulpipa event, so yeah. if it's a Pulpipa event, you'll, you might see me in the pubs. Just say hi. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really have an idea of what Morphonica and Reza Suilin events to T10, um, because unfortunately, most of my friends who did play Bang Dream have kind of like fallen off. So mm. like, it would be a very lonely, like, oh, I'm pubbing or like, oh, I'm in pub court because I, I don't want to join a tiering server. That's just not my style. Fair, fair. Um, but yeah, I guess like my favorite characters from those are like, I like Nanami a lot and I like Roka and Choo Choo a lot. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I like all the characters. <laughs> so like, whatever, it, it really doesn't matter who's on the banner. I'll tear it. Yeah, but yeah, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to necessarily announce exactly what you're what you're tearing. You don't want to spoil it if you don't want to. So uh, but <laughs> again, uh, if you do plan well, on this so-called snipe, <laughs> we'll see. How oh, it goes. yeah. I hate it when people say I'm sniping a bit. It's like, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's more that I don't have any cards and I don't really spend money on gotcha. Mm -hmm. So it's just going to be a slow process of amassing three stars. Yeah. And eventually an event will come where I'm like, yeah, I could actually tier this. I have a band for this. Yeah, well... Again, Soren, uh, if you do end up doing another tiering, all the best. Uh, best of luck in that. And again, hey, big thanks. shout outs to um, your your big grind on getting T1 and on Prelude Replay. It was great to hear from, you know, the perspective of uh, the winning side and see what they did to um, to persevere in that in that challenge. And again, uh, no no T1 title is undeserved. So big big congrats <laughs> to you again on that. Again, it's been like years since that happened. But still, <laughs> yeah, it um, has been like two years or something. Yeah, but, uh, regardless, still, uh, you know, it's great to hear from that story, and and uh, it's great to have you share that experience. Well, I I'm always happy to share. And again, shout outs to Miyuki. She was incredible competition. And in any other circumstance, I'm sure she would have gotten a T1 easily. Mm -hmm. I was just built different. No, I just had a lot of really incredible support. Yeah. And, and in many episodes, we've talked about how support and, and tiering is, is so important. Just Dude, you know. I, I'm just going to put it out there for any of you in, in like watching this or listening to this. If you think that the tier is the most important part, like, yeah, it's important. Like, obviously, you have to play, but your support is so, so vital. Like, I would mm -hmm. say it's more important than any any person manning the freaking account that's in P1. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Your support is so important. Definitely. Yeah. 
Um, well, well, Soren, this will basically conclude our, our episode today. And again, big shout outs and thank you to you for, for sharing all the experiences you had and in translating and hearing a lot of great stories came out um, today. Uh, is there any other last bit of uh, shout outs or last words you like to say to the, the listeners out there? Um, not really, but I guess like just to close out again, like huge, huge thank yous for having me on the show. Whoever was like, hey, we should have Soran on here. Huge thank yous to you, too. It's been fun talking and getting to know Phil a little bit better. Um, mm. well, we've always been kind of like, <laughs> I don't want to say dancing around each other, but like, you know, we're like kind of <laughs> just never really had an excuse to like encounter, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm glad that we had this excuse and we're I hope that it's it's the start of something better better something something nice more. something new yeah yeah more, something more, something more. yeah <laughs> you, you know again uh, i know i know you for quite some time i've followed your uh your translations and all that for quite some time but again there was never really an opportunity to really get to know each other because you know either um you know you, we'd be doing other other projects or perhaps if let's say um you, you're tearing uh, well you're not really tearing in a server you're hearing other places and i'm kind of hearing other places but either way it was great to be able to you know get to know you a bit more as well and get to hear from you and of course for anyone who's uh listening uh of course all links uh in the description below of this video if you want to follow uh sora and either on twitter and the twitter is also on the video as well um twitch youtube all that fun stuff that's all in the links in the description below and i'm sure as um uh, just a Brief question for one of our, our viewers as well. I'm sure that uh, um, if you would like to possibly join um, SSR, you might want to. You could you could hook up with Soren and see how how things go. And if you're <laughs> willing to help Soren and his buds on some some uh, events, uh, maybe you'll get some uh, uh, attendance. <laughs> you'll get uh, admittance wanna, in there. I don't want to break it to you, but uh, there's maybe like three people at SSR who still play God of you're, you're not going to have much luck getting us to help. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, again, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting legacy that SSR uh, brought in regardless. So, um, yeah, it's uh, very, very interesting for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I think this will conclude uh, our uh, Refill Studio episode today. Thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to this uh, episode. And this is your host, SB Philos, for uh, We'll Be Back uh, Ready as our set has been complete. Uh, so get your cans ready and we'll be back on the next uh, set and the next refill very soon. But until then, thank you all so much for listening. And take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Next one's the last one. <laughs>